This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. How are you, Brandon? I'm great. I'm going a little stir-crazy without the Premier League. Um, I I have to be honest with you. Did you watch any games this weekend? (laughs) I was telling you offline. Actually, um, all the soccer I watch typically during FA Cup breaks or um, breaks such as what we had are by way of Twitter and animated GIFs. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm a classic cord cutter. Uh, I don't have a premium sports package i get all the premier league games um but when it comes to your dad (laughs) yeah thanks dad if you're listening um uh love you pop uh so no i didn't actually watch much though i I did follow the results intently i was happy to see my main man dimitri payet out there uh with the scorched earth policy against blackburn rovers yeah i was excited to see that too especially as someone who is who's considering uh making a bit of a a bit of a risky captain gamble this game week to see him play so well. Uh, was oh, really do tell, perfect. tell me more, Josh. Well, I mean, I you know it seems like you know as as was discussed in the last week's podcast, uh, my season has gone totally to the, totally to the dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, even though I actually have had a green arrow in five of the last game weeks, I'm just not going. I'm just not up as far as I want to be. And everyone and their mother is captaining Jamie Vardy this game week, so I just feel like maybe. <laughs> Mares or Payet are the two players I'm leaning towards. Possibly even Harry Kane, although now that he has a broken nose, I'm not sure if I'm quite as quite as confident about well, that. Well, a broken broken nose was a, a bit of a good luck charm for Diego Costa. I feel like he's been playing pretty well since he donned the mask. Yeah, that's true. I mean, by the end of the season, it feels like like one third of the league is going to be wearing one of those like plastic protective masks. Somebody There's did so point many this, things right now. It's true. Somebody had to point this out on the transfer hub forum that Harry Kane is a bit of a mouth breather anyway, so a broken nose might not impact his game terribly. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So we know that a few teams that would have maybe been expected to win, like Tottenham, did not win. Uh, Man City, uh, so Tottenham lost, Crystal Palace won. Man City defeated, uh, or was, actually Man City defeated themselves when they played uh, Chelsea. <laughs> when they by, yeah, by playing, refused uh, to field a team. 
Exactly. They basically refuse to feel a team. Well, Pellegrini is basically in like, I don't care about anything mode anymore. Like they fired me and I still have to coach this team. Yeah. And it's like, has, it's just, has anybody out there started an emo Pellegrini Twitter feed yet? Because I feel <laughs> like we're ready for that. We really are. So a lot of people uh, know that there's uh, this looming Game Week 30 where a ton of teams will not be playing. And that number could actually get a little bit higher depending on whether or not Arsenal beats um, beats Hull away in a, uh, when they play the replay. But I think that's a week and a half or so from now. So um, just, to, just to briefly – and we'll talk more about this in the subsequent podcast because it's, we're st- it's still a few weeks away. Uh, and Game Week 27 is pretty tricky in and of itself. But just so you know, Brandon uh, and, and – Yeah, you, talk to me, Josh. Well, yeah, what's I'll talk, happening? I'll talk to you. Yeah. Todd, hey, listen, ignore all the people listening out there <laughs> to the Always Cheating Pod. It's just you and me, my friend. It's just the two of us. Uh, so the teams, Brandon, that aren't playing this in Game Week 30, just to, just to run through them quickly, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton, Liverpool, Man United, Sunderland, Watford, and West Ham. And if Arsenal wins, you can add Arsenal and West Brom to that, too. I honestly can't remember a game week in, in, in all the years I've been doing this where you might only have five games in the, in the full game. <laughs> Can you remember that? That seems that seems very low to me, and I'm not sure if that if that speaks to um, you know maybe maybe how, maybe how some few of these teams, teams there are in the Premier League these days. Yeah, and it must be a thing where th- those are those are def- those games are definitely not working because I know that if there are cha- there must be Champions League games the at midweek, um, and I know that if um, if there are Champions League fixtures that you can't play replays during those during that time. So so those are I think those are pretty much definite off for game week thirty. So we're looking at a ton of makeup games that are gonna be played from game week thirty one to game week thirty eight. And it'll be very interesting. You know, not, not something to talk about in this podcast necessarily, but just something to keep in mind as you're planning your transfers. You know, go to the, go to Fantasy Football Scout where you can get their season ticker. Uh, or even just on the main fantasy football webpage, um, the, the just the, the Premier League webpage, uh, and you can see who is uh, not playing a game week thirty, and just sort of keep that in the back of your head as you're making transfers the next few game weeks. This home stretch for the FPL is going to be absolutely bananas. It is going to be as bananas as the league itself. With, um, I mean, we have yet to have a double game week. They're all going to be stacked in the final third of the season. I know. Um, I, I, as we'll actually see when we uh, go over our much lauded two third season awards, everyone has so many of their chips left to play as well. Um, I'm really hoping that a Premier League team wins. It's probably not going to happen in the in the Champions League, but the Premier League team wins in the Europa League because I love when a Premier League. Are you team worried plays, about the coefficient? I'm not that worried about the coefficient, to be honest. I mean, I, I actually like I am. I, I worry about it a little bit. It's kind of a dumb thing to worry about, and it's also totally overblown. We've actually the the Premier League is actually the Premier League teams have actually scored more points than the Italian teams this year. So unless unless Juventus goes in some crazy run, it's really probably not going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, but I was actually thinking that what I like is when when the. I think it's called, is it the UEFA Super Cup? And that's when the winner of the Champions League and the winner of the Europa League play each other. And that's usually on a weekend, like early in the fall. And so Chelsea played in that two weeks, two years in a row. And in both years, that meant that there was a double game week, like in the first few weeks of the season. And, <laughs> right, that, yes. it, and that is awesome. Like That's I, Ivanovich time. I, I wish there were ton- I love double game weeks. Who doesn't love double game weeks? They're the best. <laughs> and we've never we've never had to wait this long for double game week. I am like chomping at the bit for double yeah. game week. Yeah, we're it's also ready. a great way to it's a great way to make up ground. I mean, you know, a well played double game week, you can make up like especially now with chips. Yeah. I mean, you could you can make up eighty points in your league with a well played double game week. You know, it could be huge, huge, huge swings are going to happen. But in some ways, I feel like the chips haven't even like. 
haven't even like come to full glory. I'm actually going to get to this in a second when you look at our poll. Uh, are the results of our um, our two thirds season awards? But most people haven't played the biggest chips, and you know, I mean, triple captains and bench boosts when you've played a late wild card. I mean, that stuff is going to get wild, and it's all, uh, it's all on the table, man. It really is. So um, I'm still I, like I'm pretty much like I've kind of given up on winning my personal league, and I'm about a million points behind in the Hail Cheater Super League. So. Um, I'll just take anything, and, and I'm and I'm, and I'm completely yeah. crushing you in our head-to-head competition. It's all it's all gone to the dogs, but but that's all right because I, I still no, like you you yeah. did try to concede at the bar when we were watching Man City Tottenham, and mm-hmm. I have yet to accept your concession. You were so mad. You were so mad at me for saying. I've that. seen you. I've seen you do it before, Josh. You, you're so <laughs> magnanimous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not ready to hear it. You know, because you know it's false magna- magnanimity. Uh, yeah, right. I also know that, that, frankly, you could still win. I'm a little fearful of that. Yeah, unlikely, but but possible, I suppose. <laughs> All right, so, um, Brandon, we had a uh, we had our second Always Cheating Awards. Uh, season's so long, we didn't want to do mid-season. We thought we'd do third seasons. So we had our two-thirds season award. We put the poll up on our website and uh, got a great response. Uh, we got yeah, the, the, the people came out to rock the vote. People came out. We got about 300 total responses. Uh, and this time, unlike last time where I had to do everything by hand, uh, we found a we found a survey site that uh, was that we were able to embed on our webpage and uh, post all the and, and you know gather all the results. And we've actually uh, we have a post that's going up once this podcast goes up, uh, where you can take a look yourself and you can look at all the all the responses and the pie charts and. You can it's, see uh, what people said. It's it's fun to look at because you can, as we'll get to in a minute, you can see the answers to the questions. But it's also pretty informative because um, you see the responses to uh, how many people have played their second half wild card, how many people have you know played the triple captain, and I feel like the kind of people who would take the time to fill out a poll like this are the kind of people who are taking the game pretty seriously, and so it's representative of the kind of people you're going to have to beat this year yeah. uh, to uh, you know climb up into the top you know 10k or, or whatever. And us putting all this data up on alwayscheating.com on our blog, it's very much like you're watching a cooking show and you can't uh-huh. quite follow the recipe, but you do know that they put the recipe up on the website. That's so, right. So you're as we you start can... talking nonsense and making terrible jokes, you can always just go to alwayscheating.com to get the answers. <laughs> exactly. And listen along as we go. All right. So, uh, Brandon, are you ready to look at this poll? I am I, so I, ready. I should... I shouldn't call it a poll. For one thing, it's not a poll; it's a survey, and it's not. It's and it's not even a survey. It's our it's our awards ceremony, voted yeah. on by by Joe listener or Jane listener, Joe, Joe or Jane, or Jane listener. listener. Yeah, hail cheaters! We'll say right. that as we jump into. Well, yeah. So uh, take us through the first the first award, which right, is the so big we, the big one. The big one. Yes, yeah, so we had twelve. We had twelve questions total, and let's go in reverse order just to build up some excitement here. Most valuable player at the two third season mark. All right, uh, five. There were five possible. So, if, so let me get this straight. We're looking at all the way through game week twenty seven, right? Twenty six. Twenty six. Yep. Who's the who's who's been the best dude? All right. Well, let's 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 build our way up here. So the responses very little. You know, like not everyone responded to every question. So this one got two hundred eighty three responses. Uh, in fifth place, with zero votes, was Romulo Lukaku. Zero. In, that's that's <laughs> zero. That, you know, that, I think his reputation precedes him. His troll reputation. I suppose and, that's yeah. I suppose and probably the fact that he's he's tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Quite a quite a lot the last couple of weeks. Yeah. 
and I suppose most football players open to interpretation. I mean, you could argue that someone like, well, someone like the person who finished fourth out of this poll, uh, Odina Gallo, who only picked up six votes and 2% of the vote. I, I look at someone like a Gallo and I think, well, he could be considered the most valuable player because uh, he was a differential for a long time, still kind of is, you know, came out of the woodwork. So if you were trying to, um, you know, if, I don't know, like, because within like three or four weeks, basically everyone had Rian Mares. You it's know, a little so, it's a little context dependent like uh, context. maybe on your on your team big rom was the right. man so <laughs> but clearly not can we even have a quorum if he got zero votes I don't know. I, he, he doesn't have any like color in the chart. <laughs> we could have to scrap this whole this whole survey. <laughs> so okay, fourth so place, he got zero. Who, who he got who, zero? Who, yeah, fourth okay. was Odina Gallo with six votes and only two percent of the vote. So poor Gallo, uh, but you just there's there some stronger candidates this year. So in uh, third place was Mesut Ozil, who only picked up four percent of the vote. I thought at least some Arsenal fans would 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 chime in there. He he picked up ten total votes. So first and second. So a so with ninety four percent of the vote, the, uh, the the players who finished first and second were from the same team. Now can you can you name those players, Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go with Jonas Olsen and Gareth McCauley from West Brom. Super you, Brom. You've got it. <laughs> a lot of recency there, I think, because of Osin's goal, you know, a couple weeks ago. A little ago. bit, a little bit. That's the Pulis effect for you. That's happening. Yeah. No, I'm kidding, of course. The uh, the the first and second went to sec- second place with 16% of the vote, 45 votes, uh, Jamie Vardy. 19 goals, 5 assists, 25 bonus points. And in first place, Riyad Mahrez, 14 goals, 10 assists. 32 bonus points, picked up 222 votes, 78% of the total vote. Congratulations to you, Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, well done, Mahrez, taking home the big Best Picture Award. And, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It does. And I think Mahrez uh, definitely benefits from taking all those penalties early in the season. And Mm -hmm. his midfielder status, uh, you know, ratchets up the points he's bringing in week to week. Uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to this when we talk about who is actually going to be the point leader at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but it'll it'll be curious to see how Jamie Vardy being on penalties now might impact how their uh, FPL roles. Um, that's an that's change. an interesting yeah it's an interesting thought. I also think if we do this at the end of the season, which I, I expect we will, uh, I might phrase it as who was your most valuable player this season. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and maybe, maybe maybe list a few more options than uh, just these five. Uh, all right, so um, least valuable player at the two-third season mark. A uh, little more variety here. Everyone got a vote. <laughs> so uh, tied – so there are five options once again. Tied for fourth were Theo Walcott, who picked up three votes and 1%, and Saito Berahino, who also picked up three votes and 1%. Now, what what interests me about Saito Berahino, Brandon, and he – I do I tell. I think he's been disappointed just because I think everyone thought that – well, first of all, it was it kind of started with disappointment because we were all sort of hoping that he would go to Tottenham, or at least many of us who – those of us who aren't West Brom fans were kind of sure. curious about what it might be like if he, if he was on that team. Yeah. So he has three goals in the season, zero bonus points, or zero assists, but he has eight bonus points, which seems which is, very high for, for him. That's the most of anyone in this list. It is incredible. I and mean, you just compare him to Theo Walcott, four goals, three assists, zero BPs. I know. Yeah, exactly. Theo Walcott. Yeah. So he has. So Walcott has more goals and more assists and, and less bonus points. I think uh, 
it speaks to, I suppose it speaks to how uh, to Arsenal's attack. I mean, if, if Saito Berahino is scoring a goal, it's often the only goal for West Brom. So Yeah, and, I mean, and Wal- Walcott, Walcott has to be a slightly bigger disappointment given his price tag compared to Berahino's. I, yeah, I did he start at 9.0, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, and he started in all of our squads in game week one. I think we probably all captained him to be. I know. With. I, I feel like I lost. I, I hung on to him longer than I should have. I feel like I lost maybe... Point five in value in, in overall value as his. I mean, he, he and Eden Hazard had like he had given me the worst the worst total. Uh, just, just like I was, I was so in the hole those first few weeks. I feel like <laughs> I'm slowly climbing out of his tick forever. You even you even went back to Eden Hazard, didn't you? At some just point for, in for the a season. couple weeks, it seemed like he was coming back on. You know, that's so, a little bit of a backslide there. I can't even talk about. It. Come on, so let's <laughs> little, no more Hazard talk, at least not for the moment. So not for uh, like fifteen seconds, as far as I can see. Yeah, exactly. So a little more balance as we get closer to the top. Uh, with thirty-one votes, eleven percent of the vote was Memphis Depay. I think in another year he would have been the overall. <laughs> he would have been yeah. the easy first place. Uh, Two goals, one assist, two bonus points. Has scored like 40 goals in Europe somehow. Yeah. Uh, unstoppable in Europe, uh, but uh, has not has not clicked in the Premier League, and also had a number of kind of boneheaded moves as well this season. Yeah, uh, it just kind of seems like it's it just doesn't seem like it's a good fit. I, I don't want to I don't like to read too much into you know he's he's a young guy. I don't want to like call him a a punk or whatever. I feel like I've seen a lot of really nasty things said about him, but uh, clearly not working this year. And so maybe next year, if there's a new manager, I'm sure there will be. Um, whether it's Mourinho or someone else, uh, they'll be able to bring out a better version of Memphis Depay. You know, I, I, you know, I don't want to see a young guy flame out totally. Yeah, Depay actually got my vote here. And I think if you compare him to other people on this least valuable list, he got my vote simply because I see some guys here that might be able to squeeze some points out before the end of the season. And mm-hmm. Depay, I mean, maybe only second to Berahino looks least likely to score any valuable FPL points for the rest of the season. I don't know, Brent, because I'm looking at the guy who finished uh, <laughs> second from the top, uh, the person I voted for, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, Bafatimbi Gomis. He picked up 49 votes, 17% of the total vote, and he has uh, one goal and zero assists in the last 22 game weeks. Uh, which is really unreal. And it's pretty. It's pretty harsh considering how he started the season. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, I think he scored four goals in the first. Yeah, he scored one goal each week in the first four game weeks, and everybody brought him in because yep. starting. I think his starting value was six or six point five. Yeah, uh, possible to resist. And uh, yeah, so very, very frustrating. He was on for 38 goals, Josh. 38 goals in one a, season. A perfect, could you imagine a perfect, it? a perfect season? I could see Ronaldo doing that maybe in the. In the modern Premier League, but not 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 Gomis. No, uh, so very frustrating. And you know, more importantly, uh, as as someone who Swansea is kind of like my second club. You know, I, I'm an Arsenal supporter um, first and foremost. A frustrated uh-huh. Arsenal supporter, especially after after today's match. Uh, we can, we, let's, let's make sure we don't talk about Matthew Flamini at any point today. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, you know, Swansea is such an easy team to love, and I, I always if. if Basically, any game that isn't a Swansea Arsenal game, I, I'm usually rooting for Swansea to win. Yeah, well, uh, g- so. given that given that Swans choose partners for life, I find that a little bit strange, but uh, <laughs> so be it. Yeah, so be it. And in first place, uh, easy, easily in first, seventy uh, percent of the vote, 197 total votes. Eden Hazard, unbelievable, really. What, what's the most unbelievable one of these stats, Brenda? One goal, three assists, or two bonus points? I mean, two uh, bonus it, points for Eden Hazard. 
the one goal for sure. And he is that. You don't think uh, it's the two bonus points? Because the, the two bonus points are what really blow me away. Well, I guess the two bonus points is logical given how he hasn't done anything to earn bonus points, like score goals or get assists. But I feel like last season, if if Hazard even had an assist in a match, he was on. He's, he's kind of like Ozil this year, you know. Yeah, he was right. so involved in the game that all it took was an assist, and he was going to pick up all the bonus points. So the fact <laughs> that he has, you know, goal and three assists and only two, it's it's a little surprising. Yeah, he, he has definitely been very. Uh, uh, I think I, I I found it I found it easier to vote for Depay than Hazard because if you if you just look at the Chelsea team and how many problems they've had mm-hmm. through the first two thirds of the season, Hazard is kind of wrapped up in that, and he hasn't even had any playing time really. And um, I guess Depay hasn't either. But I don't know. I just sort of cast Hazard off at some point in the season into that Chelsea uh, closet. Yeah, and then and he did get injured for a while too. But he he was he was so awful that I, I would have happily voted for all of these players, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> I would I would have happily seen all of them finish first and least valuable player. But Eden Hazard takes it seventy percent of the vote, two hundred votes, one hundred ninety seven total votes. Uh, well done to you, or poorly done to you, Eden Hazard. <laughs> all right, so here we get to one that 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 you know there's some interesting wisdom of crowds going on here, Brandon. All right, you ready for this one? Okay. This is uh, underrated fantasy asset for the final twelve weeks. That's uh, less than ten percent ownership through game week twenty six, which is uh, where we are right now. Okay. So uh, I picked I picked I, I picked five players who uh, have less than ten percent ownership, and uh, five players who were all sort of um, have some potential to really to really um, be great differential uh, through the rest of the season. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'm going to move. I'm going to start at the bottom once again. Actually, there's a tie. He actually a lot of, some there are a lot of ties in this survey. Yeah. So uh, tied for 8.7% of the vote. So the, the fifth and fourth place players are tied. Uh, Bronislav Ivanovich and uh, David Silva both picked up 5% of the vote. Bronis, uh, Ivanovich is owned by, or selected by 8.7%. Uh, Silva is selected by only four point nine percent, which is extraordinary. Yeah, uh, I think give, it's, given it's just a great been player his in injury problems, and he's not been yeah. producing. I'm not. I'm not terribly surprised by that. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised given what his season, but just given the kind of player he's been uh, the right. last several years. Um, right. Fantasy I mean, other we can we can shot. go back to the whole budget midfielder discussion on how we've lived through two thirds of a season with unprecedented midfield value. Yeah, yeah, it really, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you just can't pick up a nine point, whatever his price is right now, when when there are so many, you know, someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson is offering you so much more value. It's been the Walmart of Premier League seasons, basically. <laughs> so uh, in third place, let me make sure I've got this right here. In third place is, uh, with 63 votes, is Casper Schmeichel. He picked up 22% of the votes. Now, I, I, I could have loaded this with uh, any number of Leicester players. I, right. Schmeichel almost fills in for a Leicester defender because most almost all of them have less than 10% ownership. Um, Danny Simpson may have crept above 10%. But, you know, basically a Leicester defender. Yeah, the Leicester defense just totally snuck up on us because they weren't they were having trouble keeping clean sheets for so long. And, and now they seem to have really... Uh, solidified back there and they've shown their value so i'm uh yeah i I like the i like the vote for casper schmeichel here yeah i I do too and i think um certainly in game week 27 but but you know moving forward um really makes a lot of you know if there weren't uh if there weren't a a midfielder and a forward on lester who are both like damn near essential then uh you could certainly make a case for having two lester you know lester defender and and schmeichel so yep okay so on to uh 
second place uh, was Christian Erickson with 77 votes, 27% of the vote. He is selected by 9.6% of managers, which probably would be a little higher if Deli Alley weren't kind of the weren't sort of the go-to midfielder on Spurs. Absolutely. And I would gander that his ownership was probably at least a percentage, a full percentage less, maybe maybe two or three weeks ago. I feel like his value is right now going up. Yeah, that's true. and actually, I'm looking now. Uh, since we put the chart up, he's actually up to nine point nine percent. So he has almost priced himself. He's almost owned himself out of this poll. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he doesn't want to be underrated anymore, Josh. But has definitely come along in the last few game weeks. Uh, five goals and ten assists on the season. Three goals and three assists in the last uh, the last uh, five matches. So. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a player to watch moving forward. Um, price isn't crazy, eight point six million. And uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, he is a player who is going to be playing in game week twenty seven and in game week thirty. So definitely an option to to look at, especially if you're trying to get rid of you know like Ross Barkley or some you know if you've got some midfielder uh, who's not going to play in twenty game week twenty seven or thirty, uh, he's definitely someone to look at. And he's Danish. And he's Dana. He's a Dane. All right. So uh, number one in this vote, and uh, he, he he has this nice like kind of pinkish color here, Brandon. What'd you call that? Pink. That's kind of. I a would call that. Maroon. Yeah, uh, I would call it uh, brick, probably brick, but a light brick. Yeah, like a light brick. Yeah, like a red uh, clay. Like a red clay. Uh, like 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 the kind of thing that that uh, Rafael Nadal loves to play on. Yeah. <laughs> like like I told you, cheaters, just go to just go to alwayscheating.com to follow the recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So before I get too sidetracked by these colors, uh, first place in the underrated fantasy asset poll with 115 votes, 41 percent of the vote, only selected by 8.3 percent of managers is Diego Costa. Whew, the bastard himself. Yep. Hard to argue with it, given the way he's played the last few game weeks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Humongous turnaround. And it feels like, I mean, he was almost as bad as Eden Hazard the first 15 weeks of the season, but he didn't quite get the same a level of grief that um, that Hazard received. I mean, he probably should have, given that he was started at $11 million this year. Right. I I have been tempted to actually turn Sergio Aguero into Diego Costa, though I was put off. In game week 27, Chelsea is away to Southampton, which will not allow anybody to ever score a goal on them again. Right. Uh, which which kind of put me off. But yeah, I, the temptation is there. I, I see value in this underrated asset. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like, don't look now, but you know, he has 10 goals and 5 assists in the season. And uh, seems like a, a huge part of the Chelsea resurgence. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually climb all the way back up and maybe get a... Uh, yeah, you know, I wonder. I wonder if there's an option, like if if they could maybe sneak into one of those Champions League or not not Champions League, but uh, like Europa League spots, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he he did score in the FA Cup, so there he is. He's he's keeping that ball rolling. Keeping the ball rolling. Um, Quite literally. Yeah. yeah, and his value. I mean, you know, the the problem still is that he's so expensive that you can really only turn uh, Wayne Rooney or. Or Aguero, or someone—you really need, like, you know—it's it's hard to have enough money to turn. You know, if you have a line of, you know, Vardy, Agallo, and and Kane, or something like that, it's hard to—it's hard to find the money to bring in Diego Costa. Yeah, but that's also part of what makes him a differential. So there you go. Okay, what's next, Josh? All right, next is uh, overall points. This this one we can we can go by pretty quickly. I have to say, this this is not my greatest question of all time, Brandon. <laughs> just gonna just gonna throw this out there. Okay, uh, all right, just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. 
Uh, overall, You're saving some, saving some of that heat for the end of the season, end of the season <laughs> survey. That's right. Uh, overall points leader at the end of the season, and this poll is uh, pretty pretty staggering uh, first place. But let, let, let's run through them first. So um, two. So we got 282 responses to this one. Uh, two players got one vote each. That was Romulo Lukaku and Odie and Agallo. Okay, and we the, have a quorum. We have a quorum. Uh, other picked up six votes, and I'm assuming they mean they're thinking about maybe Harry Kane, possibly Sergio Aguero. A lot of people fall into the other. Literally everyone else falls into the other category. <laughs> so <laughs> other picked up 2% of the vote. Emo Pellegrini maybe falls into that category. <laughs> Uh, Mesut Ozil, who I think is is a possibility. He's he's 28 points behind uh, Mares right now. He's at 156. Mares at 184. Uh, he picked up only 20 votes and 7 yeah. percent of the vote. That Arsenal team is going to have to start scoring more goals if he's going to stand any chance. That's true. But I think if you if you were trying to make a if you're betting, uh, you know, on the overall, if, you know, if you if someone gave you odds mm-hmm. and they said, you know, like you can take the field, you can take one player versus versus Mares, I think Ozil is the one that I would pick. Um, yep. Him or the guy who finished second in the poll, which is Jamie Vardy, 36 votes, uh, 13% of the total vote. And like you said earlier, now that he's on penalties, uh, definitely has a shot to uh, to overtake Mares. He is – he's 21 points behind him. So really yeah, – yeah, I, I, Yeah, I cast my vote for Jamie Vardy. Yeah, 21 points with I, – I think I may have as well actually despite what I just said about – Mesut Ozil. Uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, 12 weeks to go, uh, 20 points is not that much. I mean, all it takes is one game where he has, you know, 13 points and Mares has two and, and suddenly he, uh, you know, he's right there. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, but all that said, first place with 218 votes, clear favorite, 21 points above everyone else, uh, 70, 77% of the total vote is Riyad Mares. He's like the Taylor Swift of this survey. He's bringing in all the awards. Yeah, just a crazy dominant player, and uh, it's justly deserved, Brandon. Indeed, it is. We we won't take any away anything Bra- away from this man's accomplishments. Bravo well to the little Algerian. This next one was one of the closer votes that we had. Do you want? Do you want to do one, Brandon? You want? You want to? Oh yeah, off? yeah. Hand over the reins. Okay. So the the next uh, question on our survey was for a player who has the best value. And our uh, how we quantified that was a starting price of 5.0 or lower. So the votes were cast, and in last place is Scott Dan, our favorite Crystal Palace defender. He received three votes for 1% of the vote. Scott Dan, he had a 5.0 starting price. He, he's coming into this poll with five goals, one assist, six clean sheets, and uh, a really a, a, a large number of bonus points here with 11. Uh, so there he is with three votes, and then in, in another year, I think Dan could have could have scored higher. Yeah, it's true, and that that Crystal Palace team is just tanking. You know, the interesting thing, Brandon. Just on a side note, uh, when I put this poll together, I was actually going to start at five point five or lower. Okay, uh, but Riyad Mahrez, if you may recall, started at five point five this season, um, and uh, I just felt like Incredible. if I put. If, it is incredible, and I feel like if I put him in the poll, he would he would destroy it. So I, I, I bumped it down to 5.0, and there's still still a ton of great options. And again, going back to how we were saying this is the Walmart season, it's it's really fun that we're able to find so many 5.0 players that are having this big impact on the FPL season. Agreed. Um, okay, so speaking of fun, here's another here's another defender for you, Char- Charlie Daniels with the fourth uh, the fourth. Least votes, 
<laughs> he finished in fourth. He finished in fourth place. Fourth in the finished fourth in the voting. Yeah, Charlie Charlie Daniels. He's got four. He started at four point five for Bournemouth, and he scores two goals, five assists, five clean sheets, and then fifteen bonus points. He, he may got, have been hurt. May have been hurt by missing a penalty right after this poll went up. Yeah, uh, when B- Bournemouth played uh, Everton on Saturday, and uh, it was nil nil in the first half, and uh, penalty Bournemouth, um, really bad play by uh, James McCarthy, and uh, it really just like a handball that never should have happened, and um, yep, but uh, Daniel's penalty was saved, <laughs> and his ownership has has gone to zero percent. <laughs> That's right. There he goes. Third place. So in third in third place, this is a, a heavy, heavily defensive. Survey question here. Uh, in third place, Jack Butland. Uh, he started for Stoke at four point five. He kind of came out of nowhere as a goalkeeper. Well, I think it was because you know Begovic moved in the off season. That's uh, true. He went over to Chelsea, and then there Butland was. Mm-hmm. And Butland was sort of uh, kind of a rising a rising star uh, in, in the England youth game, and so he was someone that um, I think it was finally time to uh, to give him a spot. I think it was 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 Brom's thing or was uh, Stoke's thinking. And our listeners gave him third position with 16 of their votes. That's 6% of the total vote. And uh, that's Jack Butland. He's got nine clean sheets, <laughs> one assist for the goalkeeper, <laughs> and 12 bonus points in total. Well done, Mr. Butland. Mm-hmm. All so, right. And that gets yeah, pretty tight at the top here. Yeah, very tight at the top. It was close between first and second. And uh, again, I ended up casting my lot with second place. It's our favorite Spurs starlet, Deli Ali. Started this season at 5.0, and uh, at, he has since scored seven goals, eight assists, and 13 bonus points. He's just tearing it up. I mean, that's basically all could be placed in the two-third stretch of the season. Mm-hmm. So he's got 109 votes, 39% of the total vote for best value. And then in first place, it is that man for Watford, Adiana Gallo. He started the game at 5.0, and he's since scored 15 goals, 6 assists, and a whopping 25 bonus points. He got more than half the vote, 52%. So well done, Adiana Gallo. Well done, indeed. Uh, yep, no, no big surprise there, I would say. Uh, Odin Agallo, uh, great season, slightly underrated still, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he, he gets overshadowed by the likes of Deli Ali, but the fact that Igalo has been doing it through the entire season, I mean, I guess he has had, what, like six blanks over the last seven uh, game weeks, which so his value is kind of deteriorating, but, but he's been yeah. doing it all all season for the most part. Yeah, I mean, f- fifteen goals as a five as a five million defender in twenty six game weeks is absolutely fantastic. A five million striker, you mean? Or as a five million striker, of course. Yeah, uh, that'd be amazing. Uh, if it was a five million defender, he would be the most unplayer. He would be owned by like ninety nine percent of managers. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, this this one this is one of my favorite questions, Brandon. Um, Maybe, maybe my possibly my favorite question because it is so utterly subjective. It is the apples to apples of questions. Uh-huh. Uh, it is the manager most likely to ruin your FPL season. Now, this this is open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To how, me, how, how did you take it? I took it as I, I suppose I had Roberto Martinez in mind when I did this because there's just something about certain managers who just don't get their teams ready to play. You know, okay. they're just not. Um, there's no consistency. Uh, they don't. They don't. You know, I mean, I know the players are responsible 
to a to a significant degree as well. But um, certain managers, so either either they don't get the players ready to play, or when you're pl- when you have players and they're playing a team coach by this person, they ruin your season by uh, coming through and. Um, you know, it's like Sam Allardyce is sort of the other end of this spectrum where he is uh, – he's a manager who um, can be very frustrating if you're a fantasy owner because he'll just like sh- – he'll, he'll like he'll like gear his team around shutting down Sergio Aguero and actually pull it off in a match. <laughs> so, so open to interpretation. But all, all that said, let's run through the answers here. In fifth place is actually the play, the, the coach I ended up actually voting for. I was thinking about Roberto Martinez, but I, I cast it for somebody else in the end. Uh, Alan Pardew, mostly because um, that team is just – they they really got everyone so excited for a while there. Everyone, everyone was was picking up defenders and and looking at their midfielders and uh, yeah. Joel and, Joel Ward was the secret to my success early on in the season. Exactly. So he picked up uh, twenty four votes, nine uh, percent of the total vote. Uh, fourth place is Sam Allardyce, another 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 tempting option, uh, with thirty five votes, thirteen percent of the vote. Tony Pulis, uh, another another one on your sort of end of uh, your way. Of yeah, thinking. and I and I voted for Pulis, and I think I was still smarting from my captaining Romelu Lukaku and Pulis telling Jonas Olsen to basically be Lukaku's cape during that entire <laughs> game. Yeah, very effective. Uh, in second place was the man the award was created for, Roberto Martinez, 73 votes, 26% of the vote. Um, you never know what you're getting with Roberto Martinez. Uh, for, no, you for, don't. Better, for better or worse, they will, they will win. They will destroy Stoke City on the road and then lose one nothing at home to West Brom team that was missing like five defenders. You really have no idea what you're getting with him. Uh, and of course, somehow they're through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And in first, and this is a great one, uh, and I, 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 he made actually a little bit of a comeback. I think he was in third or fourth early on in the voting. <laughs> uh, Louis van Gaal, with 99 votes, 36% of the vote, uh, is the manager most likely to ruin or have, I, I really should have said, have, has already ruined your FPL season. Because so many managers brought in Rooney, brought in, you know, uh, Juan Mata, Brought yeah. in a Man U defender, and uh, it has just all gone to to total hell. <laughs> it has. It's been. It has been ruinous. <laughs> I mean, the poor, the poor man. It just seems like everything's just passed him by. And I hope he enjoys his retirement after the season. I you hope deserve he it, a, LVG. Yeah, this award's for you, LVG. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so it uh, brings us to the next one, which is more of a blowout than I was expecting. Uh, dis- I, 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 I'm, I'm good with blowouts, Josh. Let me do this one. Okay, you do this one. All right. Okay, so what we have here is disappointing player most likely to make a comeback in the final third of the season. So what we're asking here is which player has disappointed through the first two-thirds of the season but will yet make a comeback and have a great final third? Right. Does that make sense to you, Josh? Does to me? Yep. Do you do you remember how you voted? Uh, yes, I do remember how I voted, and I voted for. Don't tell no, us I how get... you voted. Tell, <laughs> tell me when we get there. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm actually trying to remember who I voted for, and yeah, I think I, I think I actually I voted for the overall winner. So I'll I'll, I'll just say that much. All right. So so in last place, uh, Memphis Depay, a place he's used to sitting in, he had eight. <laughs> 
Eight votes, three <laughs> percent of the vote. Unless it's the least valuable player award, he's used to sitting at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Memphis, if you're listening, uh, is there any way we can twist the knife a little bit more? Just uh, find us on Twitter or at Hail Cheaters. All right. So that's eight votes for Memphis Depay, and in fourth place with thirteen votes, it's Theo Walcott. That's five percent of the total vote. So our faith is creeping, creeping, creeping up for Mr. Walcott. And then uh, here's a little bit of a surprise, Pedro. Our, our our old Barcelona friend now playing at Chelsea. He's got twenty eight votes. Mm-hmm. Um, he he looked very very good in that in that smashing Newcastle. of Newcastle. Yeah, the, yeah. the five five one Newcastle win. So yeah, Pedro twenty eight votes, ten percent overall. I could see him making a difference as that Chelsea team ascends. Speaking of Chelsea, in second place, it's Eden Hazard with thirty seven votes. That's thirteen percent of the vote now. It looks like Hazard, I mean, uh, he's going get, to be getting more playing time. Um, and then in first place, it's Alexis Sanchez with 194 votes. That's a whopping 69% of the overall vote. So I think we're all in agreement here. And uh, the man is a blockbuster FPL player. He's been pretty silent as of late, but we apparently all have faith that he's going to explode sooner or later. Yeah, frustrating season to be sure for uh, for for Mr. Sanchez. Uh, injuries and and uh, kind of teasing us with some huge results in the first few game weeks. So, uh, but we know we know he has it in him and uh, did not show it again today. Uh, I gotta say. Not a yeah. If you're if you're an Arsenal fan, uh, this was it was a dispiriting day today because uh, it was it was a reminder that even though they might win the the league this year, they still have a long way to go before they're you know top in Europe. But um, I guess we kind of knew that already, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a surprise. All right, so let's let's move on to the uh, the teams most likely to be relegated. So this is a, this is a non-fantasy question, but just one I was curious about to see what people thought. Uh, you had to uh, pick three. So uh, the team uh, – so of these five, um, yeah. I, picked, I, I just picked the teams that were in 16 through 20th. So they're, okay. the, the teams above them, uh, I think all of them are probably fine. West Brom, Chelsea, I, I can't see any of those teams actually uh, going down this year. So um, – you know, whatever. It's my poll. These are the teams I picked. <laughs> uh, the from this poll, the fifth least likely, so the the team that is least likely to be relegated is Swansea, which picked up thirty eight percent of the vote, thirteen percent. The second That's a, some thirty eight people out there really hate Swansea. Hate uh, I'm kind of Swans- surprised. At that. Yeah, they're not that far off the drop. You know, Bournemouth could have been in here too. I'm a little a little worried about Bournemouth, but they're they're not in this poll. Uh-huh. Uh, in uh, with 121 votes, 43 percent of the people uh, participating uh, selected Newcastle. So now um, this this surprises me even more than the 38 people who voted for Swansea. I I could see Newcastle going down ahead of the team you're about to speak of next. So in uh, third place, so the 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 team that is the third most likely to be relegated, according to the voters, is Sunderland. Man, Sunderland. Okay, I mean, yeah, I get it's it's basically a toss up, right? Between New, it's going to be Newcastle or Sunderland. One, of I those think guys. so. I think so. I I I, I can still envision just because it seems like Newcastle and Sunderland can, like, they always find a way to avoid the drop. So yeah. you know, we'll they'll probably do it again, and Bournemouth will go down, and everyone will be depressed about it. But uh, <laughs> I think you're probably right. One of those two teams should be going down this year. Yeah, um, and uh, the two teams in 19th and uh, the, the teams that finished first and second in this poll 
uh, who are also bottom of the league right now are uh, Norwich, or down there at the bottom at least. Uh, Norwich uh, with 236 votes, 83% of the people voting picked them. And Aston Villa with 279 votes, 99% of the people voting picked Aston Villa as the team most likely to be relegated this season. It makes a lot of sense. They're quite a few points back. Uh, there is nothing to like about that team. Uh, and they just, really there isn't. I mean, even even the young players, the Jack Grealishes have been disappointing. I mean, I, I know that there are a lot of Aston Villa fans out there, but this has just been a brutal season. Uh, so uh, there are... You're are, one of them, are, Brandon. Uh, I yeah, I almost adopted Villa as my uh, next <laughs> Premier League club after Fulham got relegated. But I, but Paul Lambert just ultimately um, put me off, put me off yeah. that team last season. Yeah. I am uh, okay. So who are you people out there, hell cheaters? There are four of you, I count, who answered this question and didn't vote for Aston Villa to get the drop. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are just being smart, aren't you? They've got to be Villa, Villa fans. <laughs> Yeah, or or they just assumed that they were going down and decided to cast their votes for other people hate votes. Yeah, that 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 very well could be. Uh, all right, so uh, now the the final the final four questions. We'll run through them kind of quickly, mostly because we're, we're going a little longer here than I thought I meant to. Right. So um, basically, the last four. It's it's basically what chips do you have left? The, the, the chip questions, exactly. So, all right, first question. Have you used your bench boost? We had 282 responses. 55 people said yes, they have. That's 20%. 80% of the people who voted said no, they haven't. So 80% of the people who have voted still have a bench boost left to play. Does that surprise right. you at all? Uh, I suppose it does. Um, I mean, bench boost... Yeah, I, I, I guess it surprises me. <laughs> I played a head-to-head against somebody earlier this season, and they, they had a bench boost uh, active. And it didn't really seem like it made a lot of sense. I think like one of their players was like on a red card or something. Yeah, uh, yeah so I think the, well, the bench I mean, boost oh, is a weird— oh, oh, Yeah, they, they, people talk about playing a bench boost during a double game week, but um, I, don't, I don't know if I fully get the logic there because the— the odds of you like stacking your bench with guys who have two fixtures, you're going to be loading up all your guys with double game weeks on in your starting eleven. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's it's kind of a tricky one, isn't it? Um, there there will come a time one would think uh, where the yeah. bench boost will be is, and and maybe next season. I I think this first season with these chips, it's hard to really know when to use them. I mean, you know, the triple captains, the triple captain is the most obvious one, but. Uh, yeah, the bench boost could really come in handy for double game week too. So we we shall see. It's the it's um, the Kenny Rogers effect. Yeah, you know, no one to play your chip and no one to not play your chip. In a reverse, this is the only one of the answers where more people have used their chip than not used their chip. We asked, "Have you used your all out attack?" The the yeses. So yes, I've used my all out attack. Were 185. That was 65 percent of the vote. Uh, no was 98. That was 35 percent of the vote. So two, almost two thirds of people responded have actually used their all out attack. That includes you. It does include me. I used my all-out attack with Ozil in my midfield uh, game week where he didn't even play. Um, and I think that that's probably the story that a lot of people out there who played their all-out attack would, would say. Yeah, it's, po- a crummy, it's a crummy chip. Yeah, write to us uh, on Twitter or on Facebook. If you've successfully used, if you were the only manager so far <laughs> to successfully use an all-out attack chip, please write to us and, and let us know, uh, yeah. uh, you know how it worked out for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, have you used your? This is the big one. 
Have you used your triple captain? Uh, thirty. So 282, 282 responses. 31 said yes. 251 said no. So 89% of the people who responded have not used their triple captains yet. And this triple captain thing could be insane. Like if you <laughs> – and especially if it's not a, a clear-cut time to use it. I mean, you know, if, 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 it, if it, you know, ends up happening that Sergio Aguero – you know, has a double game week and he's playing, you know, Norwich and, you know, Newcastle back to back or something like that. Uh, you know, we're all going to use it. But, you know, if someone's really creative and uses their, you know, it's a double game week and they pick, you know, Daniel Sturridge or something for their triple captain and, you know, he scores five goals and three assists or something like that. I mean, it could really change a lot of league. I mean, really, I'm really fascinating to see what this looks like by the end of the season. Yeah, we had somebody reach out to us on Twitter just the other day who was saying they were thinking of putting the triple captain on Pyatt this weekend against Sunderland. I, yeah, I, I think you saw me write to him. I told him to... I, I, yeah, I, I you talked him down off that cliff. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just thrilled to see how disciplined our listeners are, that we've all uh, more or less held on to our triple captainship. Cause I, think I agree. That, <laughs> it's going to be sad to get rid of it. It's, it's sort of like sitting there like... It's like it's like you you haven't totally given up on your season as long as you still haven't used your triple captain chip. You know, yeah. once once you use that, there's no going back. Yeah, there's that story about how um, you know only a hundred people uh, bought the first Velvet Underground album, but uh, you know all of them went on to form successful bands or something uh-huh. like that. There's some some Brian Eno line about that. It's like <laughs> only eight people in the world tri- triple captained uh, Sergio Aguero when he scored five goals against Newcastle in game week eight, but all of them were on Twitter that day uh, <laughs> screenshotting it and sharing with everybody. Yeah, that's it's like I gotta love social media. Makes me feel really <laughs> great about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm treating my triple captain much like a like a really nice beer that somebody told me about. And I bought it, and then it's been in my refrigerator, just been waiting for the, that special moment. I like I, that. I, I really I hope I, I like this beer. I wish I had a beer right now. I'm going to have to start bringing beers with me for these podcasts. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. <laughs> Though we Our, go out, we go, we drone on for so long, we might just be flat out drunk by the time we're done yeah, with the, these that episodes. Is, that is true. Have The final question in the poll, have you used your second half wild card? Uh, 30% have said yes. And seventy uh, percent have said no. That's one hundred ninety nine people out of two hundred eighty three uh, who have not used their second half wild card. So again, um, a lot of tons of wild cards left to play. Yeah, um, I think that you can. I think this is you know, given the number of responses and the kind of people who would take the time to take this poll. It's pretty indicative, I think, of how many serious managers still have not used their second half wild card. I and just haven't had a lost. reason to play it. No, I, I I haven't either. I mean, I, I mean, you'd think I would on one level because um, my team is you know it's been so bad. But you know, once you do it, there's there's nowhere else to go. You know, yeah. and, and had there been earlier double game weeks, I almost certainly would have used my wild card by now. But um, you know, the, the way it's worked that, out just hasn't really helped me. I, I I didn't think I'd lose quite so many head to heads with you over the last few game weeks. <laughs> I think it's that uh, that Aguero came into play sort of like right around the time the wild cards were were being redistributed that yeah. uh, people people were finding ways to rework their team to get Aguero in without playing the wild card. Yeah. And it's going to take either a double game week going in or out of or a player like a must have expensive player like Sanchez heating up for us to start deploying them, right? Yeah, and we're getting clo- I mean certainly we're getting close to some double game weeks too and you know I think it'll 
Um, you know, I, I hopefully we'll find out more information in the next couple of weeks about double game weeks. And, you know, we still don't really know that much, you know, I mean, it's really up in the air. And so, um, I mean, there's some speculation, but it's, you know, not anything we don't, we don't indulge in speculation in this podcast, do we, Brandon? That's not, that's not who we are. No comment. Uh, All right. So uh, that's your lot. And uh, you can find all the polls, all the responses, all these beautiful pie charts on alwayscheating.com. Yeah, fantastic. We're going to post it just as soon as we post this podcast. So they should be up there as, as, as you're listening. Yeah, we'll share it on Facebook and and Reddit too. I know that um, we got a nice response on Reddit, and uh, thank you for for anybody who uh, voted in the poll uh, from there. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much. It's just fun to see who's who's thinking what, and if I'm thinking what you're thinking, if I'm as smart as you are. That's right. Me? No, no chance. <laughs> Speaking of finding out what people are thinking, Josh, we have some questions on this episode that we received from the internet. That's right. All right. Uh, just just a few questions. You know, we kept it a little little lower on the question because I knew we were going to go a little long with the uh, with the poll. So let's jump right into them. Uh, let's, let's, let's try to give let's try to give all of these questions a quick like thirty seconds or less response. All right, Brian, all right. Are you ready my, for this? My, my hot take machine is ready. All right. First question from our friend Siraj Garish. Hope it's okay for us to call him our friend. He, he's written enough questions to us that he's we're, we're friendly with him. If nothing else, I would consider Siraj a friend, a dear friend. Close friend, close personal friend. <laughs> close personal friend. He says, will you be starting your Southampton Defenders this game week? Quick answer, yes, I will. Uh, follow up to that, I have no choice. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, no, for me, actually, Van Dyke is on the bench. Um, wow. And I, I I do plan to play four in the back, and I've got Cresswell, Dyer, Aspilicueta, and Huth. And me bringing right. in a, Chel- a Chelsea defender in the last game week. I think helped me solidify the back line for this game week. So I do have a, I do have a choice, and I'm choosing not to. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. I, I think I would probably pick the same four that you did. Although it's very hard to bench a Southampton defender, given that they're on a 35 consecutive match clean sheet run or whatever. It is. Whatever it's inconceivable. It is. It's inconceivable. And I I will. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll secretly be rooting for them to keep that going because. I mean, we've sung the praises of Southampton so many times on this pod. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to deny them that great pleasure. Yeah, but I, I do understand your reasoning. Uh, all right. Tom Butcher asks, and I actually think this is a very, he, I think he actually asked this question last week, but I think he's really sweating it out. So we'll, we'll, we'll allow it two weeks in a row. He says, I have Simpson banned for the Plum home Norwich game. Is it worth a minus four to get Fuchs in? Uh, the alternative is to play uh, Ashley Williams at Spurs. Uh, I do not think it's worth minus four to bring in a defender. Just as a general rule, uh, I know that Norwich. Uh, it just they're, they're just you know all it takes is one breakaway. All it takes is one one moment or even Josh, one yellow, Josh, even one yellow card. Get in my DeLorean with me, Josh, and let me take you back to me watching Manchester United v Sunderland in game week twenty six. And within the first three minutes, De Gea lets in this this uh, such a corny free kick, and there goes my clean sheet, gone, yeah. poof. Yeah. And that can happen to the best defenses. And if you're burning four points and that happens, you're going to be kicking yourself. I yeah, I, I agree. Just risk it with Williams. Exactly, and then you and then you have Simpson back. So you know, if, if you didn't have a Leicester defender, I think it, you could argue that it was worth it for the long term. Advantage yeah. of having one, but because he already has one, I think I, I think it's just just hold it and just you know maybe I mean because Williams could I mean you know he can score a 
you know, it can head a goal in or something like that. Or, you know, I mean, crazier things have happened. You know, it could, it could only be a two-pointer. I mean, you know, if, if all he gets is a two-pointer, and you, even if you get a clean shift from Fuchs, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the, like the best case scenario is it doesn't cost you points. Hey, and if Crystal Palace can keep a clean sheet against Spurs, a, a, a fully stacked Spurs in the FA Cup, I mean, the... Yeah, you know, it, that, you never that know. makes the Swan, Swansea chances a little bit a little yeah. bit more um, compelling. Exactly. Uh, Graham McDonald asks, uh, any thoughts on when to best play our chips? Uh, suspect most people still have all three plus a wild card to use up. Now, Graham, you've just heard the answer to all of this. Uh, and time's running out. You know, I think that we'll, t- we'll just have to kind of shelve this one uh, until we know more about the double game weeks. Because that's, yeah. that's really what the chips to me are all about being used during the double game weeks. I think the ideal scenario is to... Uh, is to wild card. You can't wild card, and you can't use two chips the same week. The wild card is now considered a chip, so you can't use a wild card and play a bench boost or triple captain the same game week. So uh, if you're planning to, uh, you know, if you want to load up on players for double game weeks, the wild card you want to actually use it the week before, and uh, and then you can use the triple captain chip or the or the all out attack the next week. So if so you that, that's my short wild- answer. If you include the wild card, you could have as many as four chips, and we now have what eleven game weeks left to go. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where it's it's like a use them or lose them sort of situation. A little bit. It's frustrating that the game weeks are coming, the double game weeks are coming so late. Yeah. But I just, I still don't think it's time to use them. Yeah, uh, no, I I totally agree. We yeah. have to wait for the confirmations of the double game weeks. If you know, if if it, it comes to pass that you have like three players for game week 30 and you're going to burn like minus 12 then yeah i think the wild card is probably worth using because you could stash a bunch of double game week guys on your bench you know so and then uh, you can, and then you can, and then you bench boost yeah exactly it's very true well i just mean like the kind of players who are going to be not playing a game week 30 are going to be double game week players later Right. So, right, right. you know, it's kind of tricky. All right. So uh, final question is uh, Dave from Burnley who said, um, pod question, is a Gallo a busted flush or is he worth a temporary buy um, such as selling Aguero for Iggy home to Bournemouth? Well, uh, see, a Gallo, as, as we mentioned a couple minutes ago, he's gone, uh, he's blanked in six of the last seven games. So, it's hard to say if he's running out of a, a little steam. And Troy Deeney on that Watford team is having uh, a little bit more fun than a gala right now. And if I were to be punting on that Watford team, I'd be all over Deeney. That is an underrated fixture, the, um, that, the Watford at home to Bournemouth. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. Maybe because there's, this is a game week that's very skewed towards the home team, I would say, in general. Except for maybe Arsenal Man United. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe um, if you're really looking for a differential, I think that uh, Dini is probably the way to go uh, over over a Gallo. But but um, if you look at the fixtures after Bournemouth, you're away to Manchester United, hosting Leicester City, and then you blank in game week 30. So if you do it, it really has to be maybe a one-and-done sort of transfer. Yeah, probably not worth taking out Aguero for. Um, just, just, you know, just, it's, it, there's long term, it's going to create more problems than it's going to solve for this, this one game week. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. All right, Brandon, uh, time for the, thank you for the questions, everybody. Uh, time for the, <laughs> no, <seriously. laughs> that was, that was, that was awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, thanks everyone for the questions. Now, Brandon, it is time for the optimizer. Are you Fantastic. ready? Fantastic. Let's strap in. Let's get ourselves ready. I mean, it, it, it been a while. Let us optimize our squads. 
shorter optimizer than usual. We only have eight game weeks because uh, we have four teams are not playing. Uh, those teams are off the top of my head. <laughs> those teams, Josh, I can tell you: Everton, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Newcastle. Okay. So I can I can point to one of those teams as not really playing a playing a significant role in our plans. Uh, being that being Newcastle, um, I think a lot of us have already shed our Everton assets by now. At least I have. Uh, Lukaku yeah. was Lukaku was swapped out for Vardy last uh, right as soon as we closed on game week twenty six. Yeah, I think I'll be keeping uh, I'll be keeping Barkley on the bench. Uh, it's very frustrating. He seems to be scoring a lot of goals everywhere, but the um and in, in the league but uh, i think he is definitely worth having because uh, they're i think they're home to uh they're, they home to aston villa they're the they're they're actually away to villa the following week then they host west ham but then they blank again in, in game week 30 so does barkley survive game week 30 for you too i don't think he survives game week 30 but i think he survives till this aston villa away fixture i think that that's i think we're all pretty excited about aston villa fixtures at this point it's right up there with <laughs> right up there with norwich <laughs> Uh, for sure, for sure. All right, so what's our first fixture of uh, the shortened game week, game week 27? Okay, first fixture is the uh, the early morning fixture. It's West Ham hosting Sunderland. The Dimitri Payet match. I mean, this guy could, I could see him going for two goals and an assist in this match. Yeah, I mean, the temptation is there to captain, but we've got two great striker matchups with Kane and Vardy, who are also vying for the armband. Are you feeling uh, any frustration as a Cresswell owner with uh, the fact that he hasn't really you, – you got you got that the, that first week it worked out well, but uh hasn't really – I don't know. Does a West Ham have a kind of a knack for conceding goals? Yes, I am incredibly frustrated. Since I bought him, it's been 1-1-9, one, one, which was great, getting three bonus points on a clean sheet, then 2-1. So, yes, I'm massively frustrated. And uh, because West Ham is blanking in – Game week 30, Cresswell's time is limited. So it's it's sort of one of those things where he's been diagnosed with a terminal illness <laughs> and he needs to start scratching things off of his bucket list ASAP. <laughs> yeah, so so I, like, I, hope, like, I hope go, scoring a goal against Sunderland is on that bucket list. Yeah, I, I do think that West Ham won this match. Uh, I, but I, I think that Sunderland will score, especially the way Jermaine Defoe has been playing. Uh, so I'm going to go West Ham 3, Sunderland 1 with, with right. Demetri Payet as my FPL player to watch. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I I think Sunderland scores, but I think Cresswell also scores. So that's where I that's where I make up my ground. Okay, uh, Leicester Norwich, the game that everyone will be watching anxiously. Whether either they've captained Dimitri Payet like me, and he is blanked, uh-huh. and they are terrified <laughs> for this match to be over, or they have captained Vardy and or well not and or they've captained Vardy or Mares and they are ready for the points to come rolling in. I'm not actually sure I have the guts to captain a non Leicester player in this match. I I think there's an argument for captaining Mares. I mean. I, I could, I mean, with Mara's pace, I could see him absolutely slicing up the uh, yeah. the fullbacks on Norwich, and uh, so I, I think that you you could you could make a strong case for either one. But I think the fact that Vardy's on penalties is just enough to to tilt it towards him. Um, this to me is like a I'm going to say a four nothing Leicester win. It's yeah, hard it, to say in some ways because they haven't played for two weeks. You know, I, like they might be a little rusty at at, the, at first. Yeah, the argument goes both ways. Either Leicester is incredibly fresh. And they come out and demolish them, much like how they looked in game week one of the season. They look like mm-hmm. a, a team reborn, which they yeah. obviously were. 
Or, yeah, or they're just a little slow out of the gate because they've had their feet up and they've been drinking pina coladas for the last week. I think Ranieri gave them an entire week off uh, with no training. So, I mean, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't really know how that impacts your... Oh, don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> All right, so who is your... Uh, who's? What do you think the final score is and who's your fantasy player to watch for this one? Uh, Robert Huth in the defense. He keeps okay. scoring. Mm-hmm. My my care bear, my big cuddly care bear. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm I've got the armband on Vardy right now. Okay, uh, yeah, he's, my, he's like, my man. What, what do you think the final score will be? Just roughly, or exactly? three three nil, three nil Leicester. Yep. Okay, uh, Southampton Chelsea, interesting match. Yeah, a very team interesting that, team that's scoring at will versus a team that is not letting anybody score. It's the, yeah. the unstoppable force, Brandon, versus the immovable object. Uh, God, when you put it that way, that's it's it's so interesting. It's so philosophical. <laughs> um, I think this game could be perhaps um, low scoring, to put it bluntly. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think this could be like a one nothing Southampton match. I think Virgil Van Dyke finally scores his goal, the goal that he's been teasing us with, Brandon. <laughs> you and I both both yeah. owned him for ten weeks, no, if this, not longer, maybe fifteen weeks. I know we we're owed. I mean, we're 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 fans, and we we we've we've like invested in Van Dyke's Kickstarter project, <laughs> and he owes us a free gift. Kind kind of does. So I, I'm going to go one nothing Van Dyke. Now this is going to be a one one draw and. No, no fantasy manager is going to be happy with anything that comes out of this game. <laughs> it's gonna be like John Obi Mikel goal and um, and, Ro- and a Romeo, Romeo goal. a Romeo yeah. goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Stoke Aston Villa. Which Stoke is going to show up? How bad will Aston Villa be? There's a chance that Micah Richards maybe maybe starting for me in this match. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, have, with my two blocks of four uh, FPL lineup. We were talking last week about a Stoke midfielder. Take your pick uh, of the starting, if you can guarantee who's going to start in this squad right now, would be a great differential. Yeah, And, I mean, I'd be more interested in this matchup if I owned any players on Stoke. But I, I sold Glenn Johnson, and I'm plumb out of Stoke players. Yeah. I The question for me is whether I start Jack Butland or... Um or Peter Schmeichel. Uh, I, I kind of love both my my keepers in this match. Yeah, you also love referring to Casper Schmeichel as his uh, his famous father, Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> I do. Did I just call him Peter or did I call him Casper? You did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casper is a strange name. You know, it's, it hard, it's, it's a hard weird to... one. It, it doesn't yeah. really stick in your mind. It's not like George. Good, solid American George name. George Schmeichel. <laughs> George Schmeichel. George uh, Schmeichel sounds like a guy you live next to on the Upper West Side. It kind of does, actually. Uh, I think that uh, Aston Villa, because they were so humiliated in that match, uh, will will come off, will you know, come out looking a lot stronger, a lot tighter in this match. It's a tricky one for them because they really can't play for draws, but they have to play for wins. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I don't think a win will happen here. I think um, I think one one will be the final score. I think it'll be a frustrating match for Stoke, uh, and I think Aston Villa will, will scratch out a point. Yeah, I can see that happening, but ultimately I think Charlie Adam will come on on the 72nd minute and really change things, and it'll be a 2-1 victory for Stoke. Okay. Uh, hey, we're just guessing anyway, right? <laughs> no, I know that for a fact Charlie Adam is coming on <laughs> in the 72nd minute and will score a goal. <laughs> Moving on. Watford, Bournemouth. 
We need to start putting these predictions up on like Facebook <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So I, will have, I will have forgotten about that prediction by the time <laughs> we record the next episode. Uh, the match I referred to earlier is underrated: Watford, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, I'm a little worried about right now, Brandon. I gotta say, it's probably for the best that they did not win in the FA Cup. I don't think they needed to be fighting on on two fronts. Yeah, uh, down the stretch, uh, their you know survival is what it's all about for them right now. They're they're looking okay. I mean, they're a few points above the drop, but um, I, I, I am definitely a little worried about them. And I do not like uh, them in this match. I think Watford uh, will probably win pretty easily, something like two nothing. And uh, and Troy Deeney, as you suggested earlier, is my man to watch in this match. Yeah, I agree. I I would not want to be starting Charlie Daniels in my squad this week. I think Watford's good for at least a goal, probably two. I'll be I'll be rooting for Bournemouth like you. I I want to see both of these teams do well. They've been great promoted squads. They've been wonderful. Yeah, maybe they maybe they can the both league. win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it'll be <laughs> yeah, it'll be a win for both sides, just morally anyway. Yeah, three two both teams. If this uh, game is played at the Liberty Stadium, then maybe I'd give Bournemouth a chance. But uh, you know, honestly, away I don't see it happening for them. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I agree with you there. Uh, West Brom, Crystal Palace, not the most exciting of Saturday afternoon fixtures, Brandon. Yeah, this is this is a rough one. Um, let's just move. The, let's just move on. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, here's exciting news: Wayne Hennessy will get a run out in my squad for the first time, and who knows how long. That's true. The De Gea may start in the Europa League, so you you might be in the clear. Although I'm not sure you'd even want to. I guess you probably start De Gea regardless, right? Yeah, I had even when De Gea was healthy, I had him on my bench because United, which we'll get to in just a second against Arsenal, that's yeah. a tough one. It is. Um, so yeah, West Brom, Chris Balls. Let's just say nil nil. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that match. That's boring. The, there could first, be any, first, kind of sneakily into the quarterfinals, the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course they get another goal from a defender in the FA Cup, but uh, uh, now they, they play, actually have Adebayor, who can apparently score goals still. Yeah, and they play Reading in the quarterfinals, so they're they have a very good chance of making the making it to Wembley for the semis. Yeah, Pardew's road to Wembley, be it through the England national team or I mean, through if, Crystal Palace, it's still on. I feel like if I'm a Crystal Palace fan, I'm kind of pulling for that, right? I mean, there, there's no way they're going down this year. They've got 45 points already or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, play for the FA Cup. Like, play for the glory. I, You know, I, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, nil-nil. Let's, let's just go with that. It could be any scoreline, but for the fans, it'll be a nil-nil. <laughs> Sunday fixtures, only two of them. Only two of them fixtures. First one is Manchester United of Manchester City. I have heard of this team. Versus Arsenal United of London FC. Ah, London Town. I have heard of this team as <laughs> Sleepy, well. Sleepy, foggy London Town. Yeah, this will be an interesting game. Uh, you, United will be without Rooney. Uh, you know, they're coming off uh, the hammering of poor old Shrewsbury Town. But you know, that doesn't really tell us anything. I think Arsenal will be looking to to uh, destroy something beautiful after their humiliation against Barcelona. Yeah, and apparently there's even more injuries in the back line for Man United right now. And uh, my boy Jesse Lingard might be uh, might be hurt though. So oh no, what uh, happened to him? He I, I can't remember. I think he maybe he hurt his something's injured. So you know we'll see. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> something got you know, knocked at some. Point. Yeah. So that 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 punt I made on Lingard is really just uh, continues to backfire. Yeah. Uh, more and more every day. 
So, yeah, tricky one to predict, I will say, just because Man United is home. I don't know that I feel great about Arsenal's chances in this game, um, just given the kind of swoon they're in at the moment. They just uh, they just can't score goals um, yeah. like they want to. They haven't it's, had a high-flying game in a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know we're all very surprised that Arsenal's strategy of not buying forwards um, has hurt them. You know, like one of the richest clubs in the world uh, doesn't have any strikers. Uh, except for Olivier Giroud, who doesn't score anymore, he just heads the ball down for for forwards to for wingers to score on. He's the human backboard. He's made <laughs> of plexiglass. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I a one one draw is my prediction. And uh, fantasy player to watch. It's hard to say. I mean, if, if Lingard weren't injured, if, if if Lingard plays, then Lingard scores. That's what I say. Well, I mean, uh, all of us out there who own and enjoy owning Mesut Ozil, uh, this could be a fun game. Uh, for him if if indeed united shows up with the soft defense ozil could be on for a, a big game week that's possible i'm predicting an arsenal win they have i mean they 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 really are, have to win this one they really have to win given that, that lester has an easy fixture at home to norwich just to keep pace yeah that's true this, this is arguably their toughest remaining fixture so um i think i guess this will play man city one more time too yeah yeah i, I guess it is a little uh, strong to say it's a must win for them but they will come out looking for blood. Final fixture, Spurs, Swansea. Lots of interesting caption options here. Even Captain Deli Ali is kind of a cool idea. Uh, just to just to mix it up a little bit. I think I would think about Captain and a Spurs player, especially if neither Ali or Kane, like if, if both of them play like 90 minutes or if it goes to extra time uh, in their Europa League match on Thursday, then I might be less inclined to pick one of those players. But uh, it certainly makes sense to load up on a... Yeah, right. Classic Europa League hangover. I feel like Spurs uh, experience that hangover one game week and then they don't the next. It's a little difficult to call. They're home to Fiorentina, so I guess that that does um, suppress some of the fears I have. Um, But still, that that's enough to to make me not want to captain a Spurs player. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, just it's so like so much evidence of the Europa League hangover. So yeah, you, you could be right there. Um, I actually okay. Right now, I have my vice captaincy on Kane. I think okay. So the optimizer. All right, you, you everybody listening, you might think that we're just doing this for you. I'm optimizing mostly for myself. So while we're doing <laughs> this, I'm actually switching the vice captaincy from Kane to Payet. I like that's what it. I'm doing. Okay, and I'm predicting a two nothing Spurs win uh, with a goal and an assist from Delhi Alley. I think it's a big Delhi Alley game. I want to end this podcast with us agreeing, so I will go with you on that prediction. All right, excellent. Well, I think uh, I think we've done it, Brandon. Yeah, we have. Good. We did it. Yet, yet another episode in the can. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks uh, for listening. Yeah, and if you have any questions about our polls or if you want to share some stories about um, – why you refuse to cast a vote for Romelu Lukaku in our in our survey? Do hit us up. We're on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Always Cheating. And again, you can find our uh, survey results or our uh, sorry, Josh, our awards uh, winners <laughs> yep. uh, on Always Always Cheating.com. You got it. All right, Brandon. Well, I will talk to you soon. All right, Hail Cheaters. Yep, and Hail Poku. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.